0: today's interview, we talk about how to generate initial demand for a brand new business. And I interview Adi Erezini, the founder of Blends.com, which is a very successful tea company where they make drinkable teas as well as beauty products they've been extremely successful in e-commerce and now as well in retail in just a few short years they've built an amazingly successful business and does a great job in this interview of walking you through the process that you can use to also make your business very successful Welcome to another episode of the Harvest Growth Podcast, focused on helping consumer product companies, inventors, and entrepreneurs harvest the growth potential of their product businesses by teaching cutting-edge marketing strategies and interviewing successful marketers, as well as product marketing experts that share their stories to inspire you to achieve hyper-growth for your own business. I'm your host, John LeClaire, founder and CEO of Harvest Growth. And I believe that if you want to make your product the next household name, you just need to follow the right plan and that even the best products struggle to succeed when they step away from proven strategies that work and I believe that you can grow profitably which means you don't need to be a fortune 500 company or have access to venture capital in order to grow your business if you'd like to learn more about what we call the perfect launch process for marketing products check out HarvestGrowth.com. and if you still have questions on how you can implement this process for your business you'll see a link on our homepage to set up a free consultation with one of our our product launch specialists. Today, I'm excited to have on the show a Dee She's the founder and owner of Teamy Blends. You can find them at TeamyBlends.com. It's spelled T E A M I, blends, B L E N D S, uh, dot com. And I'll put everything in the show notes as well. But before we go too far, my, what I want to describe this. I want to let you, Adi, share your story. Can you tell us about your background and about your line of products?
1: Sure. I, um, I started Teamy about six years ago because I was having major digestive issues when I was coming out of my service in the military. Uh, the food in the military just kind of messed with my stomach and it was just made for the masses. It wasn't organic. It wasn't fresh. And my digestive health got to the point where I looked like I was five months pregnant when I wasn't. I was like so bloated and I was only going to the bathroom one time per week, which caused me to look for natural remedies for digestion and for gut health. And that's what led me to find the magical world of tea and how tea can help um, all sorts of uh, ailments. Everyone is different, of course, but that's what really led me towards starting Teamy Blends, which is a lifestyle brand that creates wellness and skincare products inspired by the health benefits of tea.
0: Thank you. And You've got a, quite an extensive line of products on your website. What are some of your best-selling items?
1: What some of our best-selling items are, in the tea category, is our detox program, which a lot of people like to do in order to reset and refresh their bodies. And then on the other side of our skincare products, we have our green tea detox mask, which is actually a number, it's the number three best selling mask in Ulta Beauty, which is kind of crazy. Wow! And um, our vitamin C serum is a huge bestseller as well as our skincare fridge.
0: Yeah. And that's interesting. So you've, you know, in just a short period of time, six years, you started off in e-commerce, have a lot of sales on your website and I know through Amazon and other platforms as well, but you've also made a big presence in retail. And as you said, you've got some best-selling items in Ulta and now going into Nordstrom's as well and and several other platforms as well. One of the products I noticed on there was a skincare fridge. Now this is, if you've, anybody's seen the video version of my podcast, you know, I'm not Personally, a beauty expert—not <laughs> <of> myself, <laughs> not of myself at least—but uh, so I'm not. I, to to me, that seems like something very different. It seems like a great concept and idea to because so many high end beauty products need to be chilled. But I'm not mm-hmm. familiar with there. There aren't many competitors to that out there that are specifically fridges for skincare. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. Um, what ended up happening about a year ago is beauty bloggers and makeup uh, artists—they um, started wanting to. Refrigerate their skincare, and so what they would do is they would go on Amazon and they would buy a mini fridge that's made made for camping. And these mini fridges are not very cute, Uh, but the makeup artists and the bloggers they would take these fridges and they would add stickers to them and they would make them cute. And it became a trend on social media, and I saw this trend happening, and I was like, wow. I would like to make a skincare fridge that's actually really luxurious and really beautiful, especially since my brand creates natural skincare products, which specifically need to be refrigerated because natural products, if they don't have uh, chemical preservatives in them, they don't last as long. So they actually end up lasting 35% longer in the fridge. So it made sense for my brand.
0: Absolutely. And I noticed in your bio that you've now, you're now currently in a 13,000 square foot warehouse and office. And you said you're busting at the seams and really ready to move on and, and grow beyond that. But how did you generate your, in the early days, you're, you're growing very well now, but how did you first start out? What was the first thing that really helped take your brand and put it into growth mode?
1: Yeah. From the beginning, um, I was 23 years old when I started the business and I knew that retailers were not going to take me seriously. I mean, I lived with my mom and my office was my bedroom. So for us, this was again, six years ago, we started working with influencers from the start as our brand awareness. Um, Not because I was a genius, but because it was the cheapest way for me to get my product in the hands of somebody that could spread the word about my products. So, I started creating an influencer marketing strategy where I would speak to influencers and I would send them my products and they would promote my products on their Instagram page. And I would start seeing sales come through. And through that process, I started identifying which influencers were right for my brand that would drive conversions and which influencers were not right for my brand. And once I was able to kind of dial that down, in my mind, all I had to do was volume. So, we just need more influencers, more people talking about my brand. And so, then I hired people inside of my company to do what I was doing, which was influencer outreach and partnerships.
0: And it's, it's, this is often a, a problem that I've talked with a lot of other marketers where they maybe start out with influencers, but they have trouble scaling it, right? They find a couple that generate a lot of sales and it's almost like getting a news hit where you get a lot of sales coming in, but then you don't know what to do next, but you've been really successful in turning that into a really scalable part of your business. So how have you done that? what, maybe what's the process you use to find good fits or good influencers for your business as you scale up?
1: Yeah, that's a really good uh, question. There's a couple of answers. So in the beginning, six years ago, if you just found the right niche group of influencers, if you find something that works, let's say, for example, curly haired girls that had Instagrams that were talking about how to treat their curly hair really did well with our products. So then I would just use that hashtag, use that group of people and try to target all all of the ones that I could find because if one one type of audience really likes it then let me just make sure to flood that that market instead of going and doing lots of different types of niches i was trying to focus in on one and once i was kind of done with that one i would focus in on another one and we still do that today however the influencer marketing strategy has changed drastically now than it was before instagram Instagram's organic reach is down so much that influencers don't have as much sway because they don't have as much reach as they did before. So yes, I did scale my business from using influencers. However, it's like you said in the beginning with the news hit, you need. It's not. It's one channel, and it's not. It's not the thing that you can rely on all the time because uh, you're going to have. You're going to have winners. You're going to have an influencer post about your products and it's going to bring 200 sales in a day to your website. But then what happens the next week when you don't have that influencer posting, right? So it's volume. And another aspect to my answer is that you have to work with the big hitters and with the micro-influencers because the micro-influencers are steady. So they can provide you steady promotion or steady... Um, collaborations to your brand, while the big celebrities or the big influencers might be only once every three months.
0: And I want to move off influencers eventually and get into what else you're doing. But one more question on the influencer side is when you find these influencers that work, be they big influencers with big audiences or the micro influencers, as you mentioned, do you, are you able to go back to the same ones and have them repeat stories? Or do, you, do they kind of uh, empty their well the first time then you move on to the next one what's your general strategy
1: when it comes to that we always want to create long-lasting relationships yep always so if it works for both you just have to make sure that it works for both sides of the of the engagement so if for us it made a lot of sales and we're like hey this influencer is amazing then we need to make sure that they're happy as well maybe the next time that they talk about it if they talk about one of our other products um, so they're not talking about the same product over and over again, but it's all about relationship building.
0: Absolutely. And you talk about, you know, in your own marketing, your, your, uh, blogging that you do out there, et cetera, communications about the importance of developing new products to grow your business. So, especially as I, you know, look at your website and look through all the line of products you have, that's a, that's a core principle you can tell of your business. How do you go about developing new products? So many so quickly that have become really successful.
1: Yeah. We we definitely have put the gas on creating new products because we want our community to come back for more. I always look at like fashion companies. Imagine if a fashion company only made that one pair of jeans and they never made a different color, a different cut, a different shade, then why would I go back to that fashion brand if I already bought those pair of jeans? I love those pair of jeans, but I'm not going to go buy the same one over and over and over again. So that's what, what I look at is the importance of creating new products and innovation for your own customers because you've built around that loyalty. As far as how we create those products, um, my business partner and I, we, we look at the next year and we say, okay, you know, whether we launch a product once every month or once every two months, we're trying to always have something in the pipeline. And in our brand, we have the skincare side of it and we have the wellness side of it. So, we kind of look at which ones are creating the most amount of uh, interest and we, and we start going in those directions. But I have to say, it usually does take um, me personally over six months to create one skincare product. Um, with the teas and the wellness, they're a little bit faster. It could take four months. But you have to be always thinking ahead because it's not, you have to be working in the now and working for the future because it does take testing and stability testing and there's a lot of stuff that goes into making a product. So you always have to be thinking in the future.
0: Yeah, well said. And I love how you talked about the additional products don't only help you get new customers, right? Because obviously not everyone is going to be a fit with your first product that you launch. So additional SKUs, additional items are going to bring in new customers, but it's also a way to grow revenue, as you said, with your existing customer base. And especially with a product line like yours and beauty and in the supplement space or tea space it's because they're consumables, the temptation is just to launch one product really well and then get it on a continuity or an auto ship program and think about that as your long term revenue streak. But in order to keep customers happy, right, it's it's a developing new products that will get them continually continue to be excited about your product line, uh, bring in additional revenue. So I love that additional. To your strategy where it's not just about auto ship on one item but how do we keep them excited so they're bringing more into the shopping basket and you know maybe eventually they may stop using the first one but they're moving on to item two yep. four, and, and growing it yes. that way
1: i mean the best the the thing is that not every business owner wants to build a brand that's the difference is that if you have an amazon store and you are selling you know hair scrunchies that's totally fine like everybody needs to m- make their business their own. But what, if you are building a brand that wants to be recognized as their, the name of the brand, like people know who Teamy is. So you have to continue to invest in your existing customer base. You Absolutely. know, the, the the new people... the the new customers, they'll come. They will come if your products are good. But your existing customer base is even more important because they're the ones that got you to where you are today. So I listen to them. I say, guys, what do you want me to make next? And they really like that communication aspect of like, oh, well, I'd love a, a moisturizer. And I was never planning on making a green tea moisturizer ever because I love our facial oils. But it was very clear to me that My customers, they like the facial oils, but facial oils are pretty new in the market still, and people don't really know if it's right for them. But a moisturizer is something that everybody knows and everybody uses. And I was like, okay, well, they're telling me they want a moisturizer, so I better go ahead and make one.
0: Love it. And so you talked before about how you've added to your marketing platform things beyond (laughs) or strategies beyond influencers. So what else right now is working for your business to help you grow?
1: So we're doing uh, Facebook ads and Instagram ads, um, and we are also uh, playing with YouTube ads right now as well. But I have to and I'm always super transparent when I'm doing you know, podcast interviews, is that we're still figuring out the landscape. There's a lot that we need to learn as a company because of the fact that our company has grown so fast on social media that we almost didn't have to invest in these other marketing channels to begin with. So now at six years old, we're now looking into, okay, how do, we grow our, how do we grow our ads? How do we grow our email marketing strategy? So we're going through a transition right now where we're adding in a lot of these different strategies. Um, Google did an, an algorithm update uh, earlier on this year and we have to change our SEO strategy. So right now we're in a transitionary time period where we are um, doing influencer marketing while figuring out exactly how to scale the other areas as well. But ads for sure are, are, is the other way that we're growing our business.
0: Fantastic, and it's you know, it's a great way to think about it. It's not just about products where you need variety. You're going to need every business that launch mul- launches multiple products. You're going to have some that are screaming successes and some that struggle to succeed. Right? It's the nature of it. Mm-hmm. That's why you launch a portfolio. And we find it's the same with marketing channels. Right? Every business is going to work differently in different marketing channels. So you test what's going to work. Some of them are really going to take off. And influencers has done that for you. Now it's Facebook and Instagram channels, and now you test other platforms as you go. We've seen that over and over again in, in our clients we've worked with as well. as just being open to testing multiple platforms and also realizing, I think you're smart to share with us how you realize that influencers are working well now, but you've got to be able to grow beyond that because in an instant that can change, right? And it's, it's already yeah. changed a little bit. You know, the power of organic, when they change their algorithms on the back end, their Huge. influencers don't work as well. So you got to be prepared with that next marketing channel and not rely on just one. So it's, it's smart of you yeah. to, be able to do that. It's great.
1: Yeah and we were not we were we were not ready for the changes you know because yeah, yeah. when something works for your business you become blind you just yeah. become blind you're like wow this is working so well nothing can touch this nothing can yeah. touch me like this is never going to change and it's not that i necessarily thought that but i you know i don't work at instagram i don't work at facebook i don't work at google so i don't know when they're going to be making these changes and how yeah. they will affect me but it's, it gives you a big like, slap in the face. And it's just like, hey, you need to find something else. And it forces you to innovate. It might be uncomfortable, but it forces you to diversify.
0: Absolutely. And the hard thing to do is to get ahead of it. As you said, we, we all, once we find something that's working, of course, you want to capitalize on that and make it work even better and, and grow that marketing channel for your business. It's a good mindset to have, again, a really hard thing to do, but we've seen some really innovative companies out there that get ahead of it and just assume that whatever's working today is not going to work to, for tomorrow. So always look for that secondary strategy. So when that does come, you're not on your heels, right? You're ready to to move forward with the next marketing strategy or marketing channel. And then if you're, if for example, influencers keeps to. Continues to work really well, and even better over you know the next twenty years. Fantastic! But if not, you're prepared for what might be coming next. So it's it's good that you're right. in that position. So what's next for your business?
1: Well, I'm really focused on actually uh, retail stores right now. It's something that because of the different landscape in online, it has really. Been amazing that we have this other channel of revenue, which is Ulta. You know, we are in Ulta stores nationwide as well as we just got our skincare for into Nordstrom in stores and online. It's just incredible the reach that you can have for a brand in retail stores. So I'm focused on that. I would like to get into Target soon. That would be amazing. Um, and creating more products. I just want to focus on creating more amazing products for my customers, as well as, you know, I just did a survey. I I survey my customers every couple months to ask, you know, what are they looking for? And they really, they just want, they want free recipes. They want eBooks. They want a lot of uh, free help. And I haven't put enough time and investment into doing that. So for me, what's next in 2020 is figuring out a strategy of giving them content, in forms of eBooks, in forms of drip flows, in forms of videos that really helps the consumer live a happier, healthier lifestyle, which is the purpose of my company.
0: Thank you. And I love that you're thinking quickly about retail as a next step, too. Uh, As I talk to more and more business owners out there, especially in the e-commerce space, that's becoming more prevalent, right? So 20 years ago, retail was always the first thing we think about when we launch a business, right? A product-based business. Now, more recently, many inventors and entrepreneurs start out thinking e-commerce. And many in the early days, you think, I want to stay here. I don't want to deal with retail, et cetera. I thought that yeah yeah it's very common did, right yeah it's and it is a pain i mean you've got to have it, there's cash flow you have to manage it changes everything but but as you said it's once you build up your e com business you build up your brand you build up your followers, the entry into retail actually becomes a lot easier than it would be in the very initial stages of a business. And it is a fantastic additional source of revenue. So it's a smart way to go and more and more smart e-commerce marketers like yourself, that's exactly the path they're taking. Doesn't mean we need to start in retail, right? But get the business figured out in that e-commerce space, but then remember that retail still is a very powerful, powerful source. So as many, you know, yeah. even though e-commerce is growing year over year at crazy rates, there's still a huge market out there in retail and, and we're going to yeah. get a lot more customers that way.
1: Retail is very stable. It's very stable and it has the added benefit of exposure, massive exposure. So with with e-commerce, you have to spend on ads to get one person to see your ad and click on it, right? When you're in a retail store, there are thousands of people walking in and out every day and they, that they're seeing your brand. So Aside from the fact that it's a great revenue stream, the exposure of it is incredible and brand new people that have never seen TV online could buy one of our products in a store and then they could go to our website. So it's a a more healthy ecosystem of a brand. And like you mentioned, I definitely started online and without starting online, I could not have made it to these bigger stores. Um, But... I think that a lot of e-commerce owners get cocky and they're like I don't need to be I don't need to be in retail stores because like look how because it's fast money. You know, e-commerce yeah. is fast money and you get blinded by that fast money. You're like why would I sell at a wholesale price to a distributor? Why would I do that? And the reason why you should do that is because you want your business to be more balanced. And if it is you know 90% e-com and 10% retail stores, then what will happen when e-com changes? What happens? You know, can you rely on that 10%? So my business right now is around a 70%, um, 70-30, where 70% is e-commerce and 30% is is retail, which is what's much healthier than it used to be. And I'm gonna continue to strive to make that in a more even percentage as well.
0: That's great. And I think it goes back to our conversation in talking about influencers. It's just like not, you don't want to rely on one single marketing tactic. You also don't want to rely on just one channel, right? So e-commerce as a whole channel by itself, you know, things can change on an, in an instant. And we Mm -hmm. sometimes don't have any warning behind that. But I love that you said that retail is more stable. I've never actually used those words. It's a a great way to say it, though. It's it's that stability that retail, you know, obviously there are stores that have gone bankrupt. You know, things are changing in the overall retail landscape. But retail as a presence is very stable. People are still shopping absolutely in retail. It might be different, you know, which stores they go to. But as you build up that presence, it's a great way to diversify.
1: And not only that, you have to think that when a retailer brings in your brand – They're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna hurry to move it out of the store unless they'll probably have it for like a year before they tell you that they're gonna discontinue your line, and you need to do whatever you can to make sure that people are buying in your store. Um, But it's not like it's just more stable all around. It's it's very reliable, and it's actually great working with buyers. I love it. Um, I have a great relationship with our buyers and specifically Ulta Beauty is an amazing retail partner. So if anybody out there is considering doing retail, I highly recommend um, starting the conversation.
0: Absolutely. And I think the reason you like them is because you're an innovator. I the more and more people I talk to anyone who struggles, not anyone, but mo- many people that struggle with retailer and talk about buyers are always pushing down on price. It's because they've got me too products, right? But the more you can innovate and be out in front of true innovation, keeping with a line of unique products, buyers love that, right? So they become your friend and really establish a relationship with you that they want your products as much as you want to get your products in the, in the store. So that certainly helps. That's why obviously you like them is because you've got great products that, that certainly makes the process easier. Thank so you. So this has been a really fun interview. I, I want to ask you, is there any question I didn't ask that you think would be helpful for our audience?
1: Um, you know, one thing that I have been going through personally is that business really, really is a long game and you're going to see major ups and major downs. And you're going to, you're going to see that happen in in your business. And a lot of people um, on podcasts or different interviews they ask me you know, you know how do you start a business how do you how do you get it going how do you start a business and i i actually think that the real question that should be asked is how do you how do you keep your business running starting a business actually is pretty simple you have an idea and you don't need to have all these revenue channels thought out you know, or all these marketing channels i started with one influencer marketing that was all that we did So just start with an idea, your product, and one way to market, only one, and you can get your product off the ground. I promise you that you can, but it gets harder as you grow. You might think that it gets easier as you grow, but you have more responsibility, more employees, more overhead, and how do you create a culture? How do you keep your business going? How do you stay profitable? Those are the questions that I feel people are not thinking about ahead of time. And um, that's where I want entrepreneurs to shift their focus as they're building their businesses is it's not just about getting started. It's about continuing the business even when times get tough.
0: Very well put. And I would encourage anyone listening to this interview to rewind and listen again, because I think you've given us a good roadmap to do exactly that. So you've talked a lot about the structure of a business and structure of a marketing campaign that can help you to be successful uh, and growing your business, not just in getting off the ground. So thanks for sharing that. Well, Dee, I really appreciate it. This has been a lot of fun, as I mentioned, that we could talk for hours, I'm sure, (laughs) on many more stories, but at some point we have to cut it off. So thank you so much for your time this morning.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: I also want to thank Adi for offering a 20% discount to all of our listeners. So if you go to teamiblends.com, again, that's T-E-A, as in tea that you drink, right? T-E-A-M-I blends, dot com, and use promo code HARVEST20, the number two zero, HARVEST20, you get a 20% discount off of your order from the website. So I encourage you to do that. Thanks again, Adi. Thank you for your valuable insights and for taking the time to share your story. Our audience of inventors, entrepreneurs, and product marketers will benefit greatly from what you've taught us today. For the listeners, go to their website to learn more. Also, be sure to check out harvestgrowthpodcast.com to see other episodes that we have recorded. And if you like this episode and you want to learn more about how you can profitably grow your consumer product business, please subscribe to our show and leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play.